Yeah, it should be okay. As long as the uh, audio is good and you can hear me, we should be okay. Okay. All right. Ready to do this? Yes. All right. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Grinds My Gears. Today we got Kristen Nagel. Thank you for uh, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I mean, there's a lot to uh, that I wanted to discuss with you, but I think the the best way to kind of get the conversation going because it's not one of those question answer things, right? Uh, it's kind of like I want you to kind of tell your your story a bit because uh, from from my perspective, a lot of wrongdoing was was done to you, but um, your story hasn't been kind of told in the truthful manner that I, I anticipate you're about to say it. So, I mean, I want to kind of start where like, you know, when COVID kind of started um, and all the nonsense kind of came on to you in terms of the media and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. it seems crazy now that we're into 2023. I mean, all this was, you know, can we believe that we're in our third year of this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess I was, I was aware um, of the um, of the lies, what they were doing when they started talking about it um, in 2019, December in Wuhan. Um, okay. I had been following um, vaccine uh, like mandates on children, and I knew the big money maker was going to be adults. I just didn't know how they were going to enforce it on adults. Yeah. And then, um, and then when Wuhan came, and I was like, oh, this is how they're going to do it. So it was pretty outspoken right from the beginning, um, and then. I was still working at that time in the neonatal intensive care unit. I had um, um, was a nurse for 14 years. I spent 12 of those years in the the and NICU. You, you were in London, right? In yeah, London. in London. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Um, and then so I was speaking out kind of at work with colleagues. And at first they were, you know, receptive. Like they kind of were on the same page. Like, oh, why are we worrying about a flu? Like this happens, you know, every year. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until like March 2020 where they all shifted. They bought into the the fear. Yeah. Um, you know, the propaganda was heavy in the media, like we all know this. Um, and so I just realized I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I have to go silent now a little bit while I was working. Yeah. Um, and we had to put the masks on our face and the goggles and nurses were wearing hair nets, the whole deal. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, how are we doing this when our union just fought for us in um, BC and Ontario 2015 and 2018? To not wear the masks during flu season, right? Yeah, exactly. If you didn't get the flu shot, then you had to wear a mask during flu season. And our unions fought for us and proved that masks don't stop transmission and that it's discriminatory. And we won. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't have to wear them anymore. And I, you know, and then here we are just putting them right back on our faces, forgetting this legal fight. So, anyways, kind of that's how it was at work. It was really uncomfortable. Um, I hated it. I was just becoming really withdrawn, um, just really angry when I would get home. I just hated the lies and being part of it yeah. and what I was seeing happening. Um, and then I had an opportunity. I was speaking out loudly on social media, whether it was Instagram lives, you know, Facebook or yeah. whatever, whoever I could reach. Um, and I was getting a lot of backlash there. And then September 2020, I had an opportunity to speak at City Hall in my hometown in London 
about the mask mandates on children. And that video of me went viral, um, I think because I was a nurse and whatever I said. And then that got me connected to a lot more people. Um, I spoke out at two freedom rallies after that in November, 2020. That got me, you know, all these reports were going into my college after that. Yeah. And then a friend in a, a, a friend and I hosted our own freedom rally. We organized one in London, Ontario, November 22nd, 2020. And that's when the media grabbed hold of me. And then that's when, when all hell, when all hell broke loose. Right? Yeah, exactly. now, now I wanted to kind of like, I'm sure everybody has like work stories and things where, you know, things that work kind of suck and then it makes you really uncomfortable and and you spoke like you know you were going home and you're you're extremely frustrated and it was kind of like you know it almost makes you not want to nurse or do whatever you do anymore right uh did you did you get that feeling that sense from other people in in your um in your hospital but for some reason they just you know they wouldn't say anything or they wouldn't speak out very, very, very few. Um, the only reasons they they were actually scared to be at work, thinking you know that they were going to be bringing something home to their families, and yeah. and it was stressful in a different sense for them. Yeah. Um, but there was maybe like three. Um, okay. That I was with. Yeah. So so it wasn't like a prevalent kind of thought. It was kind of like everyone sort of bought into it, right? Yeah. And, exactly. And, and which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because you're in a hospital where, you know, science is supposed to be at the forefront of everything that you kind of, you do. Um, what is it, it, <laughs> Science is supposed to be, uh, trust the science, right? Uh, but um, what is it like, how were, were they just not reading the same data that was coming out? Because any, like, I'm not, a freaking nurse i'm like I, i'm a kin by degree but i'm uh i'm a professional fighter i am a martial artist i know how to read studies right i went to school and i still i i can pull up a set like were they just reading the the final conclusions or like what was the education going into them making that decision not to kind of follow what's really happening with the data because that all along the data as you know showed the opposite of what was being told to, to the public. Well, that's the problem, right? Because they weren't reading it. They weren't looking at anything on their own. They weren't looking at the studies or reading the data or looking at it, or they weren't looking at Canadian um, stats of all-cause mortality rates in the past several years or, you know, mortality rates in flu in the past several years compared to what we were seeing. Like, they weren't looking at it. They were just going by what the government was saying, media was saying, public health policies. Um, and they're just doing what they're told as, you know, as now I realize is what good, good nurses should do. So <laughs> don't, don't the orders, follow the policies. That's don't, what don't, don't question anybody. Just do it, do whatever it's on the paper says to do. Right. Yeah. They, they trick you into thinking they're training you to be critical thinkers, but they're just training you to be indoctrinated and to think within their box. Yeah. And it's very clever how they do it because they make you think that you're independent and that you are thinking for yourself and that you are critical. Um, but when that veil's lifted, um, you realize that you're you're just another um, robot that is taught to follow or orders and, and do what you're told. And from your experience, do you think that that's one of the flaws of the public healthcare sex system uh, and would be fixed with kind of like a two-tiered system where, uh, where you know, I money drives a lot of things, but 
the other thing is there's a lot of great science for example comes out of the u.s and some of the clinics that are where the practitioners within the clinics are, are actually making more money and they're fueled by putting through like real science and real data um i I think it would help in a little bit, but I actually worked for a year in um, in the States, in Arizona, when I was first out of uh, nursing school. And the the problem with privatization as well is all the money that's made on yes. every single test and every diagnosis and every procedure. So they almost do too much um, that's, that's needed in, in some cases. I mean, it might be different in other um, facilities or, or, you know, there's yeah. more for holistic care and things like that in the states because it is private but um where i worked i saw a lot of unnecessary testing and procedures and things happening because of the money so it's kind of hard to say like i don't think i think we have a terrible system yeah um the way it's, with the way it's funded but yeah. part of me thinks if we were to privatize um and things had to come out of people's pocket that maybe it would empower them to actually take responsibility of their health um, if they yes. have to spend money on themselves instead of just thinking, you know, like, oh, they'll fix me and it's free. Yeah, that, that's, that's okay. like, and, and I'm not knocking on my family here, but if my, uh, if anyone in my immediate family bumps their knee, they automatically want to go to the, see the doctor, right? And, uh, and, and I think it's ingrained in, Canadians now because it's it's almost so accessible, right? It, it is accessible and it's not accessible. Like you do have to wait 16 hours to see somebody, but you can still wait 16 hours and see somebody. Whereas in other healthcare settings, like in the US and different other other places around the world, you know, you're not gonna want to spend two, three hundred dollars for the bump on your knee to get it checked out. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna be like, okay, well, it's just swelling, or you know, you, you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah, I mean, I think you are right in that sense where it does incentivize people to take a better ownership over their their actual physical. Obviously, if you break your knee at a soccer game, you should probably go to the hospital. But um, in terms of health and well being, and that's kind of where you've branched off to now in terms of holistic health, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 2016, 2018. Um, I went back to school to the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and became a holistic nutritionist. And that's where I kind of found my passion um, in children's health and, and nutrition and um, uncovered the lies of childhood immunizations. And, yeah. you know, so um, been speaking out about that for uh, a long time, which got me in trouble with my college in 2018. So I no, guess. Let's, let's get back to the, the trouble part, because that's, that's what I want to help you clear up in terms of, the, the propaganda that's being pushed against you. Now, one of the biggest things that I saw was like, okay, you you went to DC for that rally. Can you kind of explain what actually happened with that as opposed to the nonsense that is being pushed around with you with that? Yeah, well, after the media um, completely slandered me and defamed me after the London rally, it was NICU nurse puts premature babies in danger you know yeah. call me reckless and well, whatever. if you google your name the first three things like uh you would think you were the most evil person on the planet in terms of, <laughs> you know what i mean you wouldn't be like if you googled your name you would be like this isn't a person who would come on a podcast and talk to somebody about you know about anything this is a terrible person that should be injured. like that's 
how bad it is in terms of what they what they've done to you. So, yeah. So I found another nurse um, also speaking out, and I was like, oh, thank goodness. She was in Toronto, and I was like, okay, we're not alone. Um, we reached out to some of the American nurses we knew were speaking out before us in the spring, like Nicole Sirotak, um, um, Nurse Erin of the, the expose um, in New York City. And yeah. so we um, we joined forces with them and organized a, We under the name of Global Frontline Nurses. We headed down to Washington, D.C. to speak on a health and freedom stage together um, and just sharing all our concerns that we were seeing in all different areas, from long-term yeah. care, NICU, from Emerge, ICU, whatever, across, like, you know, all different Spectrum. east to west. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and so it just, it was January 6th, and Sarah and I, Sarah Junior, my other nurse, we were very naive in, you know, the political situation that was happening in the States. I didn't follow any of it. Yeah. Um, so that day, like, didn't really mean anything to me. Um, so we spoke on the health and freedom stage at 10 a.m., listened to a couple of their speakers, headed back to the hotel room um, for my husband to call me and say, like, hey, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. We're back in the, <laughs> you know, headed back to the hotel room. I was like, it's really noisy, though. Lots of, you know, police cars and, and sirens. And he's like, yeah. oh, this is what's happening. So I was like, oh, geez. So we turned on the news and we're like, well, that's crazy. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then. Yeah, when we flew back home, we were um, deemed domestic terrorists. And um, the RCMP show up at our house um, for our involvement in the storming and rioting of the. the and country. and was there even any proof at that time? No, no. So, so what was the uh, cause, or what was the reasoning behind them labeling you that? I think just because we were there, I had. The next day, um, there was these two guys outside of my um, hotel room while we were waiting for our cab to take us to the airport. And I did a little Instagram live with them and said, okay, well, you guys were there. Like, tell us, like, what happened? What was it all about? Yeah. So I got their stories. And um, sorry, my little guy came in and out. It's, it's all right. <laughs> okay. um, I got a three-year-old that doesn't go to bed. So don't worry about that. <laughs> what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I did the, an Instagram live with them and that's what the media picked up, um, because okay. one of them said, you know, the, his experience from the whole day, he was talking about the whole day. He's like, what's yeah. really living and peaceful. And because he used those words, um, the media just had a blast with it. And just, I think because, you know, it was not essential travel and these two nurses are flying, you know, like yeah. all the, it was so ridiculous. Like, well, what really grinded my gears, and this is why I really wanted to talk to you, was because um, I saw the post um, of what they're doing in the universities right now in the yeah. colleges with the nurses. And as someone that's completely out of that field, that's not, none of my expertise, none of my business, but it, to me, it was disgusting to, to, to see that. Um, as, and as somebody who myself is educated and went to university, when I was there, and like I'm not even that old, right? So it wasn't that long ago. None of that was acceptable. There wasn't case studies on people um, that was false accusations. Like the the one that you posted and you could hear the professor talking about how, you know, she was there and, you know, that's what you get when you storm, I guess she wouldn't, you storm the Capitol. And I'm like, you're supposed to be an educator of higher learning. You're supposed to be educating the young minds, not influencing, not 
you know, uh, putting your political beliefs, not ideologies, nothing. You're supposed to be in, in all essence, giving what's from the textbooks to the, to the kids and letting them learn. And then, you know, a, a good learner will morph that into great medicine and, and a great practice, right? Instead, what was being done there, and I find it absolutely disgusting what's going on in universities and in all schools for, for that matter, was it was slander. And that's, that's 100% what it was. Now, I wanted to kind of ask, like, why are they doing that to you? Is there like some sort of motivation to make an example? Is there some sort of motivation to use you as some sort of tool to groom? Like, what is the motivation behind it? Because to me, it's just disgusting and despicable. Yeah, it's it, absolutely. It's crazy. There's four universities and colleges that I know of that were teaching about um, using my full name, like using me. And none yeah. of the stuff is even it's it's um, still open, like my um, investigation still ongoing. They still have ongoing lawsuits like nothing is a closed case. Yeah. So it's very interesting, you know, to use these kind of like open cases. Um, so it was like St. Clair College. Fanshawe College, George Brown, and York that I'm aware of. And one of them even, they had to do an assignment on me as a conspiracy theorist or something. Someone agreed with me, failed yeah. the paper, and then someone else um, in the in a class like stuck up for me and she got kicked out of the class. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So what they're trying to do is, um, yes, groom and scare these nurses into um, towing the line, into following orders, you know, um, the straight and narrow, staying, yeah. you know, doing what they're told. And if you step out, this is what's going to happen to you. So it's a big fear tactic to continue to create um, um, rule followers. Yeah. And now, do you think this is going to be an ongoing problem with uh, careers and, and things that are like have boards and are regulated by government entities? Absolutely. Absolutely. The regulatory bodies um, are our biggest challenges right now and the biggest harms to these industries. They have so yeah. much money. They are so corrupt. And they think they can put in whatever policy to keep people, um, you know, in line. Look what's happening to the doctors, you know, like uh, well, Dr. Doc, Dr. Peterson. Jordan. Well, he's the most recent, I guess, because he's the most famous. But I'm thinking of the doctors in 2020 that lost their licenses. Their licenses okay, yeah. are still suspended for being um, writing, doing their job. Yeah. One of them was for, you know, writing out adverse reactions they were seeing and following the protocol they would normally do for a normal yeah so he would like you know write out like the the reactions he was saying send it off to health canada and health canada put him under investigation uh um yeah well i mean George, jordan peterson is the craziest example of a educational regulatory board overstepping all boundaries um against a practitioner because None of the stuff that he is being accused for, and he I, he recently, I listened to that podcast he did with Joe Rogan, so he kind of clarified a lot of the accusations. None of it has to do with his actual practice. A lot of almost all of the things have to do with his uh, posts and political. And, well, that's and, investigation. That's why it's like it's cool that Jordan Peterson is bringing this to awareness, but yeah. this is what we've all been experiencing for the last two three years. Yeah, it's it, nothing to do. Um, with our our work, um, you know our our work ethic, um, you know who we are. It all has to do with um, things we're doing outside of the workplace, like asking questions. I was yeah. talking about 
vitamins and things you can actually do for your health and how to stay healthy to remove fear. I mean, these doctors were um, treating the illnesses that they were seeing in front of them, or they were writing exemptions for masks or for injections. And, um, you know, some of them are doing that, but a lot of the posts, like for for us, our investigation is solely on um, outside of the workplace, on our social media posts and attending certain events. And I mean, our College of Nurses in 2020 was the first one to silence, the first regulatory body to silence. And they said, you know, nurses are not allowed to speak out on masks, anti-vaccination, social distancing, or any public health measures, or they will be reprimanded and their license may be revoked. Um, and that was back that, in 2020. That's, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. that, like, um, like, I can't even put my finger, like, and it's coming from like, it's hard for me to fathom this kind of restriction because like everything I do is virtually unregulated. Right. And in terms like, I, I like when I fight, I obviously have to get a, a fight license and I have to do medicals to get cleared, but like, you know, it, it, it's a fight, right. When I'm working with martial arts, you know, your skill level and, you know, depends on, on all the, all that stuff. And in terms of fitness, it's probably, this is why I love it. It's one of the most unregulated industries on the planet. So it, in terms of free market, it pretty much dictates how well you do, right? Um, and now you look at what's going on in other industries, and it almost seems like, like it was first, it was big corporations. Like if you work for Google, uh, whatever, um, they were kind of being like, this is your conduct outside of the workplace. And you're like, well, I only signed up, signed up to like, you know, when I'm here, that's what the, like, when I'm doing my job, I understand there has to be a conduct, right? But unless I'm a piece of shit outside of that, like, I should be able to live my life and express myself freely, no matter what my beliefs are. Like, I don't care if you're pro mass like that crazy lady in ottawa that one that goes on everything or the anti you i like to me it doesn't matter like you should be like if you work a job and you i come and you're pleasant and you do your job and you take care of me and like for in your case you you take care of babies you make sure that they're healthy you do what you're supposed to do i couldn't give a flying shit what you do in your personal life because that's Mm -hmm. your personal life and it seems like regulatory bodies and corporations are now trying to cross the personal threshold you know of of your personal life like you can no longer use the internet without repercussions for your actual physical job whether it be as a nurse or whether it be working for google you actually have to like be very careful of what you say which is hard for me which is why i can do a thing like this because i can just i can just fuck off and do whatever I want but it's hard for me how hard is it for you to kind of fathom that that you know those lines are now drawn and you're gonna have a hard time being able to just be yourself well I made that decision very early when I decided to post (laughs) the freedom rally because I said I can't do this anymore it's killing my soul I can't be a part of this lie I can't be a part of this corruption It, it was it was years in the making um, I wanted out when I started seeing the harms and things that we were doing that I was uncovering and learning about. Um, so it was just that final push. It was way harder to stay silent 
then speaking out. And I made that choice of, you know, I will not um, be silenced and hide behind a lie. I will speak out. And, you know, like, especially when I had parents coming to me and telling me their six-year-old was um, pretending to cut themselves with credit cards. Like they were talking about how they they hated their lives and wanted to die. And I was like, I can't stay silent when there's all these harms taking place that no one wants to um, acknowledge, like, you know, um, the the mental health, the suicides, the business collapse, all the things we know about in the last three years. And, um, to me, it was, um, just more important to, to speak out and and help. And I didn't want to be a part of that lie. So, um, no regulatory body or anyone was going to, um, silence me into causing harm. Mm -hmm. Now, now that obviously came with repercussions in terms of lawsuits and all the, all different kind of uh, things which mm-hmm. you know people who are you know crazy would be like like mo- the 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 attitude of most Canadians right now is like okay they got their sense of freedom back lockdowns are gone you know so for people who have done what you have done and taken the, those personal risks because you've taken tremendous personal risk at the detriment of you know your husband your family um and their and their well-being and being able to uh, they'd be like, oh well, at this point now, everyone's like, well, I'm I'm getting my freedom back, whatever, you know. Does it kind of bother bother you that like the general attitude, except for the ones that have been paying attention the whole time, is like whatever towards you know people like you who have kind of put everything on the line to stand up for those fundamental rights and freedoms. Yes and no. I feel everyone has suffered in their own way mine just so happened to be very public um but i feel everyone took a hit whether you know it was their own job their family you know relationships loved ones um whatever it was just i know there's so many people that went through their own hardships and it just wasn't um publicized um so, you know, a lot of people, they do just want to get on their lives. Like I said, like we're getting to three years yeah. of this. Like it's trying to figure out, even for myself, it's like, I don't want to be stuck in that that narrative or that, you know, that part. Like I want to find ways to carve a new path forward to, you know, to um, create, you know, um, a future for, for my boys and, and figure out solutions and, you know, yeah. aim to live. But yeah, it, I think it's more upsetting for me that, um, all these lawsuits and all these things are still ongoing. Yeah. Um, because I want to just let it go and, and move on, move on and create new. But it kind of keeps me like stuck in and, in that imperative. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, to can't, it can't be mentally easy for you as well. Like every day, knowing the, the like obviously you you got to move forward and kind of do things right. You can't just like like pause and and dwell on it. But it you know it's it's in the back of your mind always i bet nagging on you like okay i still have to deal with this shit it's not gone right yeah no absolutely because i had 11 summons in 2021 for speaking out publicly at rallies so um for going against the reopening act of ontario um four of those i believe have moved to trial um so those trials are still ongoing one of them i was convicted for um for going to Easter um, Sunday service. Yeah, the mass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was convicted guilty and fined $10,000 plus court costs of um, $2,500. So that one's being appealed. Um, and then still under three investigations with my College of Nurses. 
And then we have um, a federal lawsuit against the government for the Emergencies Act. And then we have a defamation lawsuit that we lost um, for the anti-SLAPP um, motion. Um, Epoch Times wrote a really good article about it explaining it all yeah. um, and why the judge ruled against us and why we lost. Um, so we're appealing that. Um, so yeah, it's it's just, there's still like, very much of like speaking out in 2020 and 21 we're still like the the repercussions and the yeah. ongoing fight is, is still so there. so what do you do kind of to kind of take your mind off of some of that bullshit that kind of that's kind of doing like because i mean like, like on the human side like how like i some i've never had to face that before right the worst i've had to face is uh you know more worst stress i've had to face is probably like knowing that i have to go fight a guy in a cage in a day right uh which you know it's not the same right uh, it's not ongoing like this. So what do you kind of, what what have you kind of done for yourself and for your family to kind of, you know, even though you have to deal with this kind of book, kind of move past it? Like, has it been like faith-based? Have you guys done, you know, are you trying to get out more? Like, what are you doing to kind of help yourself so you're not going crazy dealing with all this bullshit? Uh, de definitely uh, faith has helped a lot, um, lifted a lot of, um, burden and and grief or you know resentment um and i just trust that however it turns out whether you know it's a win or a loss it yeah. is god's hands and he is going to use it um to glorify his name whatever that looks like yeah. so i have just surrendered it all into his hands and and there's nothing more that i can i can do about it so that helps to give me peace um, I know in my heart um, what I did. Um, I feel good about the stance that I made and how I, how I did it. And so yeah. I can live with that and move forward. My boys keep me busy. I'm homeschooling them. So focusing yeah. on them and their activities. And I have a really great community in, in London. Um, we have a really strong group of homeschooling families, you know, that we get together in the forest once a week and um, do these events together. And that's the other thing is um, trying to bring more community events. Um, in London, we have a, a redefining education event coming up February 18th. And it's just about um, alternative schooling and resources and connecting. And um, it's going to be a beautiful day. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And then I'm enrolled in um, uh, a course by Billy Harrigan called a traditional birth companion. So I'm yeah. learning how to become uh, a birth companion to help women have natural births uh, at home. safely nice. and, uh, The system. And uh, so that is taking up a lot of my, time and energy is just focusing on what's being created so you're doing you're doing what healthcare practitioners should do educating themselves and like yeah. uh, i want like i know like every time uh I've, I've heard you talk like people want to talk about the cases and all that kind of stuff i wanted to kind of get that out of the way so we can actually talk about like actual health stuff because as somebody who is in the healthcare field myself i call myself healthcare and um i wanted to kind of expand some of that i get some of that knowledge from you like we have gone through these last three years where people have kind of classify you know going to the hospital for x y and z disease whatever the case as health care but to me i view that as sick care right that, that is like you go to the hospital i go to the hospital when like for example me when i've torn some ligament doing something stupid in the gym and now i'm needing fixing like it's beyond uh natural remedy repair right I, i've you know and now 
translate that to what's going on in the last three years, people are going to view, are starting to view hospitals as the place you go when you need help with your health, which is not the case, and which is why our health system is completely, well, they quote, quote, overwhelmed. I don't know how factual that is. Only people like you can tell me. But that's part of the reason why our healthcare system is as failing as it is, because a lot of people don't really know how to take care of their own health, and they don't really understand what healthcare is and who healthcare practitioner is to me. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about that because for me, I view healthcare practitioners as, you know, um, coaches, trainers, chiropractors, massage therapists, uh, mental health coaches, psychiatrists, all those kind of people who help take care, uh, you know, holistic nutritionists, um, naturopaths, like I see a naturopath as well. Like those are the kind of people who help me stay healthy, right? So in essence of the word, that's healthcare, right? And so I wanted to kind of talk to you about that because that's what you're you're involved in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. And um, the hospitals, I think the only time they were not overwhelmed were was in like 2020 and early 21, yeah. um, when everyone was avoiding the, the hospitals and staying, staying home yeah. um, out of fear. Um, but otherwise, um, it is overwhelmed now, but because we had a nursing shortage prior to right, yeah. 2020, and then they fired all the experienced, skilled nurses by the thousands. So, of course, we, um, you know, we are overwhelmed because they, they hired all the staff yeah. willing to work. And they're not um, willing to hire them back either. That's the fun. Yeah, it, exactly. So that's just kind of side note on, on that comment you had mentioned, but um, absolutely. The thing is, is we have become so disconnected over the over the decades, um, and and it's and it's on. Sorry, my uh, my hard drive ran out of space there, so now I'm recording on the cloud. So okay, we're good, we're good to go. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so we've become so disconnected from ourselves and from our bodies that we have been conditioned um, to rely on um, external sources. You know that people we call the experts. And, yeah. you know, we, we don't know what it feels like in our body, how to take care of ourselves, how to heal, how to nurture. And it's interesting because the only um, person that can heal, treat and cure is, is the individual themselves is ourselves. We're the yeah. only ones that can do that. We have to be willing to do the work. So, um, and that is through um, nutrition, the food you eat is super important, but it is yeah. through mindset, um, like stress, your connection with yourself, with um, with God, with the, we are spiritual beings. So whatever that looks like for you, um, there there is a faith-based spiritual aspect to this as well. We that's yeah. just how we're created. We're energetic beings. Um, and then to each other, we you know we lock ourselves in you know our our work, our homes, our cars. Like we don't really know too many of our neighbors or people around us. And so it's getting back connected to um, to all those things, and including nature, plants, but. Yeah, like health is health is so simple. Yeah, <laughs> it's so simple when <laughs> when you take um, back that responsibility and power. Yeah, and, and I like what you like. I like what you said specifically about spirituality, right? Because I don't think many, especially in kind of the day and age we live in, um, where it, it's kind of ridicule to to be of faith like for example I, like me and my wife are, are christians so 
Like we, we often feel kind of like, sometimes I feel like I got to hide it almost because, you know, people, oh, he's a crazy Christian, Christian man. Right. Whereas, you know, I don't give a shit what religion you believe in or what religion you follow or whatever. I have my belief set. And one of the things I can always say is like, I always give this example because it's a great example. Like for me, the worst place on the planet is, you know, and only, only people who have ever like fought would know this. The worst place on the planet is when you're in like the third or fourth round of a five minute round fights. Right. And you're, you're absolutely exhausted. And there's a guy on top of you eating the shit out of you and you can't do a goddamn thing about it. Right. That's to me, that's the worst thing I can ever experience. And I've experienced it so many times in training and in competition. Um, when real life kind of hits me, when, you know, you know, when you have bad days where one thing after another, after another, I mean, you can relate where you had these, these arsenals of, of crap just hit you. And like, you can, I always say to myself, nothing's as bad as that. And I always leave it in, in God's hands where my faith is like, so solid that I, I'm like, okay, he will give me the strength to get through this. If I can get through all of those hard things, this is not that hard. I, I, I've been through the ringer with, you know, the physical kind of stuff and spiritually, you know, I just got to put my faith in, in God right now. And, and I think that many people think, oh, you're silly. How can you believe in, and it's not about physical beings or anything for me. Like it's, it's more about centering my, myself. Right. Um, and, and I think that's what a lot of people lose right now, lot, lost right now, because it's almost against the grain to, to be faithful. You know what I mean? If somebody is, uh, has really strong faith in whatever, they can't really express that in workplaces. They can't really express that in general in friendship because of how society has kind of pushed it away. And I mean, a great example is look what happened during all the COVID stuff. It's like you, it was illegal to to go to the places of worship. And I, and I bet you know that more than anyone. You got a, a big ass fine for that. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I actually came back to faith in 2020 because of all this, because of the, the darkness I was uncovering and the things I was learning and, and seeing. Um, I just thought, well, the things I was doing before were not powerful enough to defeat um, what um, I was learning about, just the evil darkness and so I actually yeah came back to faith in 2020 and it has strengthened me you know it could just keep getting stronger and stronger and more convicted more convicted and once you kind of have that connection everything in the world just makes sense and yeah. then you don't need to feel um angry or scared or you know of course you still get upset we're human you know we're flesh but yeah. Um, it's easier to find that peace again and to move on and to find, you know, that forgiveness because you you realize the spiritual attack of it all and all and where it's all coming from. And um, and it just and it all makes sense. I mean, a perfect example is I didn't watch it, but way too many people posted it on social media that I couldn't ignore. It was the, the Grammys. Like, oh, geez. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it, but I saw that 
devilry that went on. Fuck Sam Smith and that bullshit. That, yeah, just... I don't even know who that is. Like, I'm so out of the loop in pop culture. And, yeah. um, but again, way too many posts on social media. I guess yeah. it was like, you know, ignoring oh. it. But I mean, that, that's such a, a blatant attack on, you know, on good, on the light. Like, it, yeah. like this spiritual battle that we are in right now is so real and so intense. And when you kind of have that strong faith and realize that this is a spiritual attack, everything makes sense and you can remove that that fear and all those you know um emotions and just and find the truth and move forward and it just i don't know it just makes it so much more it it makes it easier it's still hard and still challenging but it's easier to get grounded and have that faith and and move into that more positive i guess thought if that no it may it makes sense and like i i'm not gonna say his name i have a really good friend who who just went through something really tragic his wife recently passed away uh due to due to cancer and the one of the things that like when um i went and like i went over to his house when he told me she was gonna pass and i'm like dude i'm 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 freaking coming over right because uh i mean side note like there's a big like disconnect between men that says you can't fucking go talk to your boy when he's in trouble so I, I was like dude i'm coming over and we sat for like a good two hours and he told me like you know even though she was going through all this hardship like stuff that me and you couldn't even imagine you know going through with our body like the whole time she was at church doing worship she was doing her connection to her faith was so strong and regardless of how the disease progressed in her that connection kept her going right when for the most individuals who don't have that it ends up breaking them down significantly faster right because the like you said it's a mindset sometimes illness to me is a mindset you know if you think you're sick you're going to be sick right uh, there's a lot of times I work with people who think they're injured and I'm like, you're not injured. It might, it might, it might feel a little uncomfortable. You're not injured, right? We can work through this and you're going to be fine. But it, it, like you said, it's the, the, the mind is a big tricky place. Right. And, and, and I'm sure you've seen this as a nurse where people come into, probably come into you thinking they're deathly ill, but it's probably not something that's even that bad. And it's more manifest than their mind. Am I not wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How often does that happen, do you think? Oh, I think more often than we think, um, for sure. Um, people get, you know, um, their imagination going in the worst case scenario and the fears. And I would say we um, would have seen that a lot the last like three years because of the way the propaganda was working. Everyone got so scared with a cough, a sniffle, like these basic yeah. things. Even, even people that kind of knew what was going on, I would get messages from them be like, well, this is happening now. What do I do? And I was like, well, what would you have done two years ago? Yeah, and exactly. About it and pause. They're like, oh, I guess I would have done this, this, and this. And I was like, okay, then go do that. But yeah. Um, and then, you know, just that, but yeah, then manifesting an illness, absolutely. Um, our, our mind, like Joe Dispenza, you know, um, you know, yeah. uncovered this and wrote books and the documentary Heal and all the things, just how powerful our, our minds are and, and faith. And it, what, what a, what a sad, uh, my, my heart's just broken for, for your friend and, and his wife, but and then at the same time, I'm just so glad they have that strong faith because 
it would have made letting go both of them a lot harder. Yeah, that's 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 what I mean. He surprisingly handled it super well because he they both were on that same faith page. And like yeah. for me, like I was like, dude, I'm fucking breaking down just even listening to your story, right? And he's like, no, you know what? It's okay because we, you know, we trust in in our faith. And I think that's very important. I think that's very lost in society, especially with what's going on. And I mean, like going back to that Sam Smith thing, what even angers me, what grinds my gears even more, theme of the podcast, is um, when that whole Balenciaga thing was going on with the kids and the ad, like nobody barely spoken up and it's almost swept under the rug. These are like blatant attacks on on human beings faith and well like like we said healthcare it's blatant attacks on that and and nobody seems to want to speak up you know what i mean because it affects it affects their pocketbooks yeah exactly it's all about the money <laughs> just follow the follow the trail yeah. and you'll find doug ford and justin trudeau behind it right yeah <laughs> so many more <laughs> uh, now now coming back to the, uh, the healthcare thing, because I know you were very outspoken about um, the vaccines and that kind of thing. And it's not, it's a topic that I don't, I don't have any hesitancy talking about because everyone gets all mad. Oh, they, he said, they said vaccine or jab, right? What was it specifically the kind of, I would say, triggered you in terms of something was wrong here with what they were pushing? Oh, well, I just knew because I knew the lies behind childhood immunization. So um, I was not quite aware yet, but with my my first son, um, he was born in 2015. And I started finally questioning things, but I wasn't convicted enough and hadn't done the work. And um, he got injections up until 18 months yeah. until I finally like was convicted. And my beliefs had done enough work and was like, no more. My second son um, born in um 2018 has had absolutely zero nothing nothing yeah. Yeah. um currently actually having the chicken pox right now which i think is awesome which <laughs> i'm excited for him and he's a yeah. champ and you know not at all um getting, really, rid of, getting rid of it early i guess right getting yeah, and boosting that immune system strength yeah. um, all that um beautiful things going into that next um next phase of you know development anyways beautiful things happening with it but um yeah so I, I just knew, and really it came down to, I had um, learned about germ theory versus terrain, you know, what yeah. do viruses exist outside? What are they? So I had just done so much work around that topic where um, the injections are just so unnecessary to me. Why put all these chemicals into my body when there's like other things I can do with my health um, to protect myself? I don't need poison and all these chemicals to keep me healthy when I can do that um on my own plus i don't believe i well i guess i'll just like it's controversial but like i don't believe that viruses exist outside of us and that we catch viruses i don't believe in contagion so even you know bringing up chicken pots it's a really hard one for people to understand yeah Um, that goes to like um resonance um that's a whole other big topic but um so i just um they just weren't necessary. Why would I eject myself with this man-made poison? Yeah. Uh, what are they trying to do to us? And why are they trying to harm us when we, it's just not at all necessary? So going back to what you just said about not believing in viruses outside, what, what do you kind of mean by that? Like, what is your kind of um, reasoning behind that uh, methodology and, and thought process? 
I studied it for like, like deep for years. Like there's so many books, podcasts and lectures and just yeah. studies and, and all these things that I looked at. Um, and a, a lot of times, um, you know, it's things happening to us. Like there's toxicity, um, around us, like poison that's happening. That's causing an illness or a disease, or it's our body detoxing from something like the, the, the flu is our body detoxing and naturally healing and repairing itself and getting all the, the crap out of our body, um, you know, and genetically upgrading us and making us stronger. And, and sometimes that is very hard to go through depending on how much crap needs to get out of our body um it can be very debilitating and now, now, would those pro- would those processes not need some sort of stimulus uh to 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 make those things happen um just like our body is amazing at healing and wanting to be in balance and when it gets to a point where it's like okay there's too much going on we need to um clear this out let's detox let's get rid of this um, there's things going on in the atmosphere that we need to genetically upgrade for and get ready for this, um, um, new change in our atmosphere. Okay. So we're going to do this. So, um, it's just our natural response to things happening in our environment. It's, uh, I'll be honest. I was like, um, it's, it's getting, it's getting a little later for me in the evening. And I was like, this is a big topic and I'm not going to say all the, <laughs> all the right things, Yeah, all the resources. And in books for um, places to start, like the probably the most recent one um, is Thomas Cowan's book on the contagion myth. And that one is the most recent. And it talks about um, what we experienced the last um, two years. But there's um, goodbye germ, germ theory, virus mania, um, what really makes us ill, um, all fabulous books and places to, to start. This is my favorite one for kids for me, Karen. I had this one out. Um, this one's vaccines, autoimmunity, and the changing nature of childhood illness. And that's another Thomas Cowell one. That one's yeah. like my favorite book for all parents. Well, I, going back to the kids' vaccinations, I, I have, uh, I have to th- I agree with you and what you said there because my wife did her digging herself, and one of the things we noticed with my three-year-old was he had zero issues at all when he was born in terms of his immunity and all that kind of stuff and it wasn't until we started getting those immunizations you know the ones that you're supposed to always get and get the card and check off we noticed you know he started getting skin problems and you know getting allergic to things we're like where are these things coming from and you know as my wife did her research and and she like drew her foot in the sand she said action you know we're we're done we're done with those right And, and at first i I wouldn't say I pushed back, but I'm like, you know, what's your reasoning? And, and she presented the reasoning to me and I'm like, okay, it's valid. And also at the same time, given what has happened in the, like the last three years, you know, my wife has every right to feel that way. Right. And has every right to present that. Now we're a united front on that. And this is where, you know, the pandemic caused a lot of rifts in certain families that I know of where one person away. But um, that's beside, but that's, that's besides the point. But my point being is like, it, it, it's gone to a point now where talking about these things, whether it be within your house or with other people, has, has gotten so taboo and automatically get labeled anti, anti this way. Right? When really it's just, I'm asking questions, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm not 
like if someone wants to take the vaccine, I don't give a fuck. Take the vaccine. It, it, it's, it's your choice, right? But if someone doesn't want to take it, okay, great. It's your choice. I, I, I'm, I'm so dumbfounded by the fact that it's become a question now. Like, have you taken it? Like, so if someone asks me, I'll say, no, I, it's none of your fucking business. Who cares? Like, it, it doesn't change who I am as a person. It, like, those are like physical decisions. And, and like, we've gone to this point now where like when we're talking about vaccinations, we're like, if you question the efficacy of them, you automatically become this conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And I, and I'm not saying they don't work for certain, certain vaccinations for certain things. Yes, they do prevent certain things, but at the same time, what are the long-term effects, side effects that, we have almost been ignoring, right? And I think that has been pronounced uh, more with this latest vaccination, where yeah. when we ask the question, we're get, regardless of what side, like I know people who are team vax, but they still ask the question, they're like, oh, no, you're a conspiracy theorist. Why have we got, as, as a healthcare person, why have we gone to this point where asking about this medical supposed to be medical miracle medical science vaccine to cure everything automatically makes you anti-science anti-vax anti-whatever when really we're just like i'm just asking out of concern for other people because i like i'm sure i'm sure you know tons of people who have taken the vaccine and i want to know in case those people get ill i don't want them to suffer i want there to be a solution for them to get better so that we can move past this, right? Why Why has this kind of been the predominant theme in healthcare? Money, again, um, yeah. greed. Um, they don't want the their lie to unravel. Um, and I know you said, <laughs> you weren't gonna say it, but I'll say it. There is not one single um, vaccine, especially childhood immunization that I believe in anymore. I don't yeah. think that any of them are, are necessary nor are, any of them without significant um, risk. Um, but I, I think like, and that's when I did start finally questioning and realized I wasn't allowed to question and the looks I would get or the, the statements, I was like, there is a problem here. We're yeah. going to discuss any other pharmaceutical, any other medication, any other procedure we can discuss, we can debate, we can have a choice in, but not this one. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, um, and that's what set off my red flags too. Yes, like, it's serious. Like, why can't we have a conversation about this without the labels, without the name calling, without the looks? Like, and why is it forced upon us? And it and it just has to do with um, I think just the money, the greed, and um, that none of these companies have liabilities. And if it were found out that it does actually cause harm. Um, that these harms are because of these things like holy the the lawsuits and the trouble and you know the yeah I guess the legalities of it all well correct um, me if I'm wrong I, under the emergency authorization do people lose the right to sue well there um, no vaccine company is liable they okay. in 1986 it was called the act and um vaccine companies cannot be held liable for anything so if someone was to ex experience an adverse side effect 
and they wanted to directly sue the manufacturer. They couldn't do that under the emergency because it was uh, emergency authorized, correct? Well, because of that, but also because of this act that was put in place in 1986 um, okay. that removed all liability. So I thought, yeah, it was under emergency, emergency um, act or whatever it was um, at that time. Yes, but also because um, no, no vaccine company um, is liable for their products. So that's why you have um, things like theirs and Canada just opened up their adverse reaction um, system, whatever it, it, it's called this past year or last year. Uh, yeah. That comes from taxpayers' money. Yeah. I think theirs has paid out over $4 billion, um, but that doesn't cover pharmaceutical companies. No, no. And they're, they're, they're protected in all of this, right? They're all protected. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's, something that people should definitely wake up wake up to like one of the things that kind of bugged me and i'm not going to say his name because i actually like the doctor he helps out my back a lot right so i was <laughs> i was going to get um a treatment on my back done a, a couple weeks ago and you know i expressed to him that i use um the cbd oil religiously right um if i didn't use it i wouldn't be competing or doing any sort of athletics anymore because as, as people who know in mixed martial arts, this sport is vicious, right? It takes a lot of toll on my body. And I've had five or six surgeries now. And, you know, the first two surgeries I've had, they prescribed me these oxys, right? And I used them because I was young at the time. And, you know, you're like, fuck it, let me use oxys, right? You don't, you don't understand these, what, what bad things can happen. And I share this story because I was very lucky that something bad didn't happen to me. Because one, my lat, one of my semesters, I finished very early my exams and I was waiting for my roommate because he was going to drive me back to Toronto because uh, we were in Windsor and I had the leftover pills from my surgery and I was like a dumb teenager. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to play Call of Duty and take these things. And I got extremely lucky that that didn't lead to an addiction, right? Because for many people, that's how it starts, right? It starts as like oh, a fun thing and then as I progress in my athletic career and I've had these different things, I realized what I, I barely escaped there. I narrowly escaped uh, what could have been a life-changing uh, uh, predicament. And then I, you know, I started following, uh, like, a, you know, Dr. Mike Hart out in London. He, he does a lot of work with, yeah. with CBD. And, you know, Joe Rogan was a big influence on that because I had a big stigma against marijuana because there are some people i know who you know you know marijuana when you smoke it, it you carry the wrong crowd right sometimes and so i've seen some people lose uh the potential in their life because they were hanging out with a bunch of potheads right so that stigma carried along with me so i'm like i don't know if i want to do this then i was like you know what i'm going on this i, I i'm gonna need some sort of help in terms of pain right when i'm going through these surgeries so i started using both the CBD without THC and now I use the CBD with the THC, right? And I use that specifically, you know, when I have rough days or training or whatever, or even like when I need to get a better sleep and relax. And it has substantially changed my life in terms of just how I function and my ability to keep going, doing all the physical um, things I do. Now, when I went to go do this, this back procedure, I mentioned to the doctor that that's something I religiously do. I, I use it and it's, it, it's kept me going. Like without it, I don't think I would be able to continue with 
sport. I don't think I would be able to be a, a great jiu-jitsu black belt. I wouldn't be able to do any of these amazing physical things. And he said to me, he, he quoted some study where, oh, did you know that it's only 2% effective and you were better off taking Tylenol? He's like, I just want you to stop wasting your money. You don't have to pay $40 for the same relief. You can get the same relief from Tylenol. And I didn't want to sit there and get into it, but this is a well-respected doctor, a top of his field for in terms of back pain. And here you are recommending to me a natural substance that, you know, used responsibly gives me zero um, addictive properties and gives me a hundred percent relief anecdotally from my like it's not the same for every patient as you know it, it, it's it varies based on individual i know some people who've taken cbd and they get high anxiety and they say screw it i'm not going to do it anymore and that's just your reaction to to the to the chemical processes going on but for me here you are a patient saying that it's highly effective for me and you're encouraging me to take tylenol instead I wanted to get off the table and say, fuck off, dude. But I'm like, I needed that treatment. Right? <laughs> so, so, but I, like, that's like a prime example of how medicine is right now, right? Yeah. Where um, you have very viable, natural, healthy remedies and they're being looked at as negative and pushing a big pharma here, take that instead. Like yeah. from your experience, that's, that's how it is, right? I'm not delusional, right? Oh, no, absolutely. That's how it is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know you're not allowed to talk about natural um, products or plants or teas or tinctures or whatever. Like, it's all about heavy drugs, big yeah. pharma. Let's get them money. Like, that's insane. Um, this push on Tylenol it is definitely not a benign medication. Um, yeah. I've done a lot of rants on, on Tylenol and the harms, especially with children and, and everything. But And that's specifically why I brought it up, because I, I know you've spoken about it, and I wanted you wanted you to kind of expand more about why it, it it is like like what why is it so negative in terms of its effectiveness long-term effectiveness and health of the overall body it, it can cause um chronic um liver damage um it, it really affects the liver negatively um it depends how it's used as well like if it's overused for you know pain um it goes right to the liver um, it interferes with your other body's um, detoxing um, yeah. functions because it, the body's like, oh, well, I have to deal with this Tylenol to detoxify. So it harms the liver. Meanwhile, you know, uh, for example, if you're a woman, then your estrogen builds up because the body's like, okay, well, that's a natural hormone. I don't need to worry about that. I need to get this Tylenol out first. So um, then you can end up with um, um, estrogen um, dependent um over i can't sorry yeah. i'm like <laughs> right for i know I'm, I'm 35 weeks pregnant too so and then i'm like this is kind oh, of right. tired yeah. so, so it's okay i can go words, words oh. can be hard. Um, yeah. so um and then when with fevers and um, with children you're stopping the body's natural process um from from doing what it's supposed to do so a lot of times you know when if you are a parent because your child tunnel it stops the body's natural function and then your child um, doesn't go through that complete healing process. And then, you know, they're sick again. And then you stop it again. Then they're sick again. And a lot of times it's like, oh, like, why are my kids always sick? Because you're not allowing the body to heal. You keep, it keeps being stopped and, and suppressed. Um, 
it stops the body's um, production of glutathione, which is like one of the most powerful antioxidants in, yes. in the body. Um, the, Dr. Camille Preet Singh, um, you can, I think, find him on Instagram, but he um, wrote a book about it. Okay. Um, the Dangers and Risk of um, Paracetamol, which is acetaminophen. It's a really excellent book full of uh, resources and studies and everything into why it is unsafe. And then he lists a whole bunch of uh, resources and, and natural remedies you can do as well. Now, when, when they say it's unsafe, is it safe in small amounts? Like if you're like desperate, like, like uh, I'll use an ex uh, example, say your child's temperature is out of control and it's like 43 high, like you got to, the kid's going to go into febrile seizures. Like, is it, okay to use it at that point or are there better methods to bring it down fast to avoid some of those complications with fevers well if it's at 43 that's that's high you're in the danger zone that's that's a whole other story yeah um, that's like you know even seeking um you know medical uh, yeah. um, help at, at that point um, so when, we're, when we're talking about this we're talking about just uh irregular high temperature nothing like drastic in terms of 40 and below yeah Okay. Yeah. Um, and then even febrile seizures are very interesting because they're, it, it just happens with your body's quick change in temperature. So it, if some children are just very sensitive to their body's change in temperature and are very prone to yeah. febrile seizures, it doesn't matter how high the temperature goes. It's just how quickly the temperature changes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that, so Tylenol is not necessarily going to stop the febrile seizure from happening. And the important thing to know is terrifying and awful as it is to witness and see is benign. Yeah. Uh, I, febrile seizures are benign. I, I've, I've, my daughter had one. It was terrifying. And yeah. the, the worst part about it is like, I, I just woke up, like my wife had gone to work and she had left my daughter in the bed. And she was sideways. So I kind of woke up and like moved her. And as I moved her, she went into the febrile seizure. It's like I triggered it by moving her. And so like the first thing you wake up, you're like, holy fuck, what's happening, right? Uh, like the first thing you're like, I got to go pee. No, that's happening. What's going on? Like it's, it's terrifying to go through. But like, as you said, once they go, like once I, I call the ambulance, right? And they're like, well, you got to just let her go through this. <laughs> I was like, well, I got to go pee. They're like, the ambulance is coming. I'm like, I got to go pee. Like, I just woke up. They're like, you put her on the floor. You can go to the washroom. Like, there's nothing you can do for her at this moment. And it's kind of like a helpless feeling, right? As a parent, you're like, what the hell? And my kid's like spasming out of control, but there's nothing you can do. It's just a natural process that they're going through to fight that specific uh, temperature change, like you said, right? Yeah, and it is scary. And we never want to see our kids go through anything like that. But I think once you have the tools and you kind of understand what's happening with the body. It, um, you're able to kind of respond and, and hope a little better, move out of that place of, of fear. Mm -hmm. now, now, before we wrap up, I wanted to kind of like the last thing on this kind of topic I want to touch on is like, I know a lot of people, especially, you know, athletes, um, not, not even just athletes, people who suffer joint pains, all that kind of stuff. They're their first, line of defense as well as some sort of acetaminophen ibuprofen uh to kind of stop that pain and I, I don't blame them because it's readily available and it's there and the education is not there but one of the things i noticed was <clears throat> uh 
back in the day, I had a herniated, well, I still have it. It doesn't go away. A herniated disc, right? And um, I was experiencing some really shitty sciatic nerve pain. And one of the things I was doing just to get to practice was I was popping Advils and Tylenols, right? I was like, okay, to give me this temporary pain relief. And what ended up happening was, is I was, my gut was getting so inflamed. Yeah. Um, it actually ended up pushing on the nerve even more, right? And the, the solution to the problem, lo and behold, was we found out that, you know, stop fucking taking the pill, Dashin, and then it actually improved. Do you think that this is a common thing that a lot of people experience a lot of gut problems because they use these first lines of defenses for certain things and it leads to this chain reaction of um, imbalances within their gut? Yeah, absolutely. It can cause, you know, some GI bleeding and, you know, and if you're taking ibuprofen, then, you know, it affects the kidneys and, and all the things. And, you know, you're taking more, causing the problem, and then you're in pain, so you want to, like, you know, take more and it's worsening it. But that, that happens so often. I mean, you see that a lot with um, acid reflux. Um, and usually that is related to an underactive stomach. Um, so meaning there's not enough acid in the stomach. So people are, and it's because um, when you eat something, the stomach has to churn and work a lot harder to break things down because there's not enough acid in the stomach. So it's working harder, causing things to kind of, you know, splash and cause that acid reflex. So people want to take Tums or take, you know, these um, antacid medications. And then what does that do? It lowers the acid in the stomach even more yeah. and causes more reflex. You take more of these pills, then decreases the acid. You're in this like vicious cycle when, when, you know, and that, that's, um, um, stops, um, absorption of, of food yeah. and nutrients and minerals become malnourished and all these other issues start happening. And really you just need more acid. It's like, take some, you know, apple cider vinegar first thing in the morning before every meal or even a little bit of baking soda um, and, and try to replenish that, that acid and stop with the antacids. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the same kind of example. <laughs> anyway, I, I, just, I just wanted to thank you specifically for your time. I think this was a great conversation. And I just wanted to, one of the things, like I said earlier on when we were talking with that really bugged me was... <clears throat> I, I know your story and I know that it's being grossly misrepresented by people like when I saw that they were doing that in the colleges and, and, and trying to teach children that and slandering your name I thought that was you know you know screw that like you know we you know as a society we when you know somebody is not doing those things and you know the system is kind of taking advantage of them I just wanted to, you know, have the opportunity to to talk to you and make sure that people knew that that wasn't true because it's not fair to you and it's not fair to those students as well, right? So I just, I, I wanted to thank you for coming on and telling your story and, and I enjoyed the conversation and, and hopefully we can, we can do it again. And I know you're 35 weeks pregnant, so you got a lot of uh, busy times coming yeah. up for you, uh, but uh, you just let everyone know where they can, um, get in touch with you if they want to see the work you're doing all that kind of stuff yeah and thank you so much for having me um I'm, I'm glad that we were finally able to connect I know kind of was a long time coming so thank you for your patience and for no worries no. and uh so yeah people can I'm most probably active on Instagram Telegram so it's at Kristen underscore Nagel and of course you can um follow um me and my nurses at Canadian Frontline Nurses 
um, on all social media platforms at CanadianFrontlineNurses.ca. Um, and you can see how we are changing the future of, of healthcare. Um, trying to, it's called Connecting Communities with Care. We're creating a national directory database of nurses across the, the country so that people have access to um, direct care in their homes. And we're looking at a more holistic, natural approach, um, um, you know, getting to the root cause of the issue and looking at the individual as a whole. So we're very active in what we're doing to change, you know, um, what healthcare looks like and what it means. So um, you can stay tuned to that. We have a lot of uh, natural. Um, well, well it's, it's like we were just talking about. It's like yeah. we we're just talking about healthcare over sick care, right? Making sure you exactly. take right, taking the right steps before uh, you know you get to that sick part. We don't want to get to that yeah. part, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's what we're excited about what we're creating. So you can have a look there and hopefully join us and um, follow along and, and make this shift into actual uh, health and wellness. Yeah, and. Um, also, before we go, make sure you subscribe. Uh, make sure everyone that's listening subscribe to the, my YouTube channel and all that stuff. I'm shadow banned beyond belief, so I need people to just to just to just subscribe, like, share this conversations, and so that we can keep doing them. Because I don't think it's uh, I, I think it's it's kind of bullshit that the real I wouldn't say real, but information in general gets selectified now, and it's even going to be worse for people like me and you who just like to have organic conversation coming up with um i'm sure you know about that bill c11 right yeah. if, that, if that thing goes through things like i'm doing right now it just wouldn't be yeah. possible be possible so uh make sure we just kind of spread the knowledge spread everybody's voice and 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 you know like like you're doing you know you know just love one another let's cut the bullshit the three years was enough right exactly <laughs> all right so thank thank you for your time and good luck in five, a couple of weeks because i know that's not going to be fun i've done i've witnessed it twice and women are awesome for that so good for you <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much so we have to chat again all right take care thank you hey everybody thank you for watching and listening to the grinds my gears podcast please head over to spotify make sure you like and subscribe as well as head over to youtube hit the subscribe button and the like on the video as well and head over to gmg-podcast.com to get all up-to-date info on the podcast as well as other special things that we have on that website.